you're serious. Be serious today. All right. <laughs> so we've been talking about these past few weeks. If you've been here, we've been talking about uh, Advent, and you can see as you look around all these Advent calendars and everything. And and Advent is this is this season where we anticipate the arrival of our King. And a huge part of Christmas is really all about waiting, if you think about it. Maybe for you, you can think about back when you were a child. And I remember when I was a kid and, you know, right after that moment from right after Thanksgiving, I was so excited for Christmas to be here. And every day you'd be like, you just there's just this huge anticipation, especially if you're young. And maybe if you have young kids at home, you know right now that anticipation. I know for sure we do every day. He's asking, is Santa here yet? Is it Christmas yet? You know, and, he, and, and our son is just so excited. Excited, and maybe for for many of you, uh, like you do at our house, we uh, we have an Advent calendar. So maybe you have an Advent calendar at your house. And this year we did something kind of crazy, and I think we probably jumped the gun a year or two early. But we bought a Lego Advent calendar. And, and how it works is each day, the, you know, December 1st and all the days come and he opens it up and there's a different Lego to build each day that has to do with the winner. And, and, uh, and I'm getting ready and like, I'm literally getting ready for, for church this morning and, and, uh, and I looked down and there's like a Lego body, like just the, this, the shirt part, like there's just like sitting on the bathroom counter. So we have Christmas Legos all over the house right now. And I, I even told Lindsay, I said, I really think that we jumped the gun with this Lego thing, but he's having a great time with it. But he knows, you know, there's just a few days left before Christmas. And so really uh, a quick survey, um, I like taking surveys when I'm up here. I think it's a good time to do that. Um, how many of you, how many of you here today, you actually, you enjoy waiting for something? You enjoy it? Wow. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, I'm surprised. No, actually, I'm not surprised, right? Because when we think about waiting, waiting is torture for us, right? Waiting is t- so much. We don't like waiting, right? We don't like waiting on anything. But, but I'm going to kind of challenge your thinking today, all right? And, and, it's, and it's this. Waiting may actually be a good thing. You have to stick with me through the, through the message. But I believe waiting may actually be a good thing. And what I want to do now for you is I want to share with, a, with you a video. And I, and I think it's the best way um, to express what it's like on the inside for many of us to wait for something um, and, and to know that maybe waiting is good. So you can go ahead and play the video.
<laughs> Don't you feel the struggle those kids have? Like, you guys like marshmallows? <laughs> Sometimes that's the struggle we go through, though, Though when we're waiting on God. Much, much of our time consists of waiting. And I believe that when we're patient and we wait and focus on the one who has perfect timing, then we'll be rewarded in our faith. For many of us, waiting does not come naturally. Our culture today is, is really give it to me now. We, want it, we have a we want it now today culture, right? We want to lose 10 pounds in 10 days. We gobble down our meals on the, t- on the go when we go through uh, drive through restaurants. We want medicines that promise quick relief. We hate sitting in traffic. We, get, we hate getting behind slow drivers. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing. We, <laughs> we upgrade our computers to go as fast as possible because the, quick, the, the click of a button isn't quick enough, right? Slow internet drives us crazy, right? Because I want to see the, the latest post on Instagram right now, right? I got to know exactly right now. Um, we, we just have such a culture that it's, we, we don't like to wait on anything. We live in an instant, I want it now culture. And all too often, we don't even get our prayers answered on time and, and on the schedule that, that we want. And we, get, we start to get frustrated at those things. So many, so many of us don't like to wait on anything or anyone. We want to see results right away. And it's, and it's usually on our terms. We want the results to be on our terms, on our, on our timing. And, and the Advent season allows us the opportunity to exercise the virtue of patience. In the midst of the the hustle and bustle of the Christmas season, the church gives us an opportunity to sit down and reflect on the true meaning of the season. And, and, And this is the time of season that we get to celebrate the coming of the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We get to wait in anticipation for His return, knowing that He will come again. And we get to celebrate the many ways that God will show Himself to us each and every day in our daily lives. And if you're anything like me, when, it, when, when God is silent on his end, and when we're waiting and waiting for, for God to give us an answer, you start to wonder and you start to question, is God even real? And we kind of get into this kind of dangerous place, right? We start to ask, is God even listening to me? Uh, does, does God even care anymore? And maybe we begin to think, why am I even putting an effort into this, this whole Jesus thing or, or the ministry that I'm involved in? Why am I even doing this? Why am I even giving to the church? God's not even answering my prayer. Why am I reading my, why am I reading my Bible? Why am I reading the Scriptures? Why am I praying if God's not even going to hear or listen to me? And we wonder these kind of things as we, as we wait and see and we ask, God, where are you? If you think these things... Uh, then, and maybe for you, you, you're thinking these things this Advent season. And, and I want to encourage you this. You're, you're not alone in your thinking. Many people think that. When it comes to, to patiently waiting, then, then the, story about the, the, the story about the first Christmas story, it, it's a story for you to hear. Uh, when we look at the Christmas story, we'll discover it's a story all about timing and waiting and patience. Let us pray. Father God, this morning, I know um, there's, there's people here who have been waiting on you, God. And they've been waiting patiently. And, and, and God, maybe for some of them, it's, it's an unanswered prayer. or Maybe it's a, uh, an unanswered request, God. And God, this morning, I pray as, as we dive into your word and, the, and this, this first Christmas story, that you can show us that, God, maybe, maybe sometimes 
Waiting is a good thing. God, be with us today as we, we dive into your scripture and we learn and grow from you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if you have your, your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open them up to, to Luke chapter 1. And if you're taking notes, which I encourage everyone to do, the first thing you need to know this morning is, is waiting needs to be accompanied by faithfulness. Waiting needs to be accompanied by faithfulness. Let's look and see what the Bible says uh, in that first Christmas story. Starting in Luke chapter 1, I'm going to start at verse 5. It says, In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God observing all that the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by Allah according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for his burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And, and here's the thing, before we can even get into the story of, of Zechariah and Elizabeth and who they are and, and how they, they relate to the whole Christmas story and what's going on here, we have to understand the implications of when this angel appeared to Zechariah. You see, you have to understand that before this angel appeared, the people of Israel were already waiting the people of Israel were waiting a long time. They were waiting on God to move, and they had been waiting a very, very long time. The moment that the angel appears to them, it breaks the 400 years of silence between God and his people. And more than that, it breaks more than 2,000 years since, since the promise of a Savior that would be born dating all the way back to Abraham. They had been waiting for this monumental moment for a very, very, very long time. Who here has ever seen, um, I want to show um, something to you guys. Who here has ever seen a set of these? I don't know if you can see them. These are the very complicated directions to a little boy's tricycle. <laughs> and uh, sometimes they, they come in forms of furniture. You know about this, right? Um, this is crazy to me. Um, and I, and I, uh, Joshua got actually the tricycle from his Grammy and Grampy. Me and Lindsay had great visions of going on walks at night and pushing him in this tricycle until we realized we had to build the thing. Uh, if you know, this will test your patience. This will test your patience within your marriage. I'm actually going to talk to John this week. I think this should be part of premarital counseling. If you can get through building one of these together, you guys, your marriage will be, I'm telling you, smooth sailing, right? <laughs> right? Right? You know, you won't even need the counseling. Just put this together. But some, some of you guys are like, oh, yeah. I've, you know, you guys know. Like some of you guys know. Those, those directions like that will test your patience, won't they? And they really will. So while the whole, so while you think about that, and while the whole world is waiting on a promised Savior to be born, in verse 6 we read this, it says this about Zechariah and Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous, righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. 
This is, you have to understand, the, the, the Old Testament Jewish law that they were abiding by. There were hundreds and hundreds of laws to be abided by, right? There were rules about food and cleanliness and sacrificial laws and, and, and laws that, that had pertained to every area for and every day of your life that they had to abide by. And the Bible says they practiced these laws blamelessly. They were keeping these laws based upon a promise given to them by a God hundreds and hundreds of years earlier. Even though it seemed like God was distant, and even though it seemed like God wasn't there, they remained faithful because they knew that God was a keeper of promises. They knew God doesn't, God doesn't, he never goes back on his word. Zechariah and Elizabeth faithfully kept believing in what God was doing. They believed that a son would be born, that a child would be given, and that his kingdom would last forever. Not only would God break 400 years of silence with Gabriel and, and Zechariah, not only would God come through on his promises from 2,000 years before, and not only would, would he give Zechariah and Elizabeth a child, this child would, would, would not just be any child, right? This child would be the one who points the way to, to Jesus, saying the, t- the kingdom is at hand because God is faithful. Waiting on the re- Lord requires two things. First, it, it requires complete dependence on God. I like this one. It says trust over here. Trust. We have to, we have, to have complete dependence on God. And number two, it, we need to have a willingness to allow him to decide the terms, including the timing of his plans. So often we want him to answer our, our prayers on our terms. If you're going to be dependent on God, you've got to expect the outcome that he says. All right, and for a lot of you, that's bad news. Because you want, you want things your way. And God says, I've got, other t- I've got other plans, and I've got my timing perfect. God's gift to us is eternity. Our gift to him is faithfulness. And the second thing that we can learn about waiting and God's timing from, from this first Christmas story is this. Waiting reminds us that God is in control. Waiting reminds us that God is in control. Isn't that true? And, and we're gonna re- we read about that in Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 12. It says, When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many, many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents of their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is, is, is well along in his years. And I want to stop right there a moment. Zechariah asks a great question there, doesn't he? Right? Uh, uh, John Maxwell, a great leader, asks, has a book called 21 Questions, right? Some great questions about leadership. Man, I think Zechariah should have been the, the first person to write that book, right? He asks a great question. How can I be sure of this? God, how can I be sure? And when it comes to waiting and praying and obeying, there, the truth is, there are some things that have already been answered. And I know this because it's in his word. It's in his Bible. It's in the Bible, right? 
But here's the thing, but because we don't always like the answer, we decide to keep praying and waiting, don't we? And we kind of just drag it on. And God's already made, said, I've already answered your question. So many of us in this room, we know what the Scripture says. However, we're still waiting and we're still praying. And we, and we don't actually still need to do that because we know what the Bible says. Some of you here, need, some of you here today need to stop praying and waiting. Now, there are some things you need to keep praying about. Don't stop praying. But there are some things, and some of you know it, God has already answered that prayer. But because it's not on your terms, you're going to keep praying. And, and here's the thing. It's time to start obeying. Stop praying. Stop waiting. Start obeying. We need to start obeying the things we already know the answers to. There are things in the Bible that are clear as day that are written in it. We need to be challenged by Zechariah and Elizabeth's mentality of being obedient and faithful. Continuing on in Luke chapter 1, uh, in uh, verse 19, the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Notice the last point of that sentence which will come true at their appointed time. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning, didn't he? You read a piece of scripture like that and you realize, yeah, God knows what he's doing. He's got this whole Christmas story down. God has a plan from the very beginning to bring into deliverance those who remained faithful. In his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis says this, Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps you can understand what he's doing. He is getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that these jobs needed, needed doing, and so, so you are not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he's building quite a different house than the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting on a new extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, but he's building a palace. He intends to come and live in it himself. The truth is we have no idea what he's doing. We don't know what God's up to in and around our lives at any one time. Oftentimes we believe we have an idea of certain things and, and how certain things should go in our lives. And, and that's kind of our selfishness coming out of us. When we wait, it forces us to realize that we're not really the ones in full control. When we wait, it forces us to look at the one who is in control of everything. And I can guarantee you this, when we wait on God, everything will be better than we could have ever thought or imagined. I realize this in my own life. When I stop trying to control things, when I'm, when I'm impatient and I want to do things my own way and on my own timing, and I give everything to God who is, who is in complete control, sometimes life tends to go a little bit easier and a little bit smoother. And God says, I got this. I'm in control. The third thing we learn from Zechariah and Elizabeth in the first Christmas story is this. God is a deliverer of promises. God is a deliverer of promises. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 21, says, Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. 
When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion, the Lord has done this for me, she said. And these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Through reading this, you realize that God was gearing up to do what he had planned all along. God is a keeper of promises. Yes, we're people that don't like to wait. But when we wait, we realize it's not all about us, right? It's all about him. The first Christmas story is, is all about us when we read it and dissect it. We can all relate to Zechariah and Elizabeth asking, do I stay or do I go? Do I believe that God is coming, going to come through or not? Do I keep serving or do I do something else? Do I sacrifice or keep, or keep living for myself? Do I stay engaged or do I go another way? Folks, waiting is hard, right? If you don't believe me, head over to the DMV tomorrow morning and apply for a new license. Waiting is hard. There's no denying that. We know by nature that we are not patient. When we are patient and when we're living faithfully, it causes us to realize that we are not the ones in control. We have to remember that God is the keeper of his promises. He will never fail to come through, ever. Things that we have deemed dead, things that we have deemed dead and done, God in one word can bring them back to life. God is the master of bringing dead things to life. This is the God that in one word can, can change the whole world. We forget often that this is the God who spoke in one word, created everything upon this earth and everything in it. This is the God who flooded the earth in 40 days and 40 nights. This is the God who took millions of people out of slavery and split a sea open in the middle of it so they can escape to safety. He made food fall from heaven. He slayed the giants that stand in front of us. He takes someone who's blind from birth, spit in the dirt, rubbed mud in his eyes so he can see. He can heal someone with one word out of his mouth. <clears throat> he came down from heaven to be born a baby, to die on the cross as our Savior. If you don't believe God can bring... If you don't believe God can bring dead things back to life... Just look at the cross. That's what we celebrate. God can do some huge things in your life. But don't give up on God. He's not done yet. Jeff Fines from Christ Church of the Valley out in California, I think he says it best. He says, when the temptation to quit is at its strongest, it's right about the time when God is going to move the greatest in you. Look around the room. And I, I look around the room and I, I wonder, how many times have we all thought about giving up? God's not done with you yet. 
If you've been sick and waiting for healing, God's not done with you yet. Are you waiting for a son or a daughter to turn back to God? God's not done yet. Are you feeling like you're, you're in the middle of a waiting room in this waiting room called life? God's not done with you yet. Waiting's not all, not all that bad when we realize who we're waiting for. Waiting's not all that bad when we realize who we're waiting for. We should not despair when we feel that God is, is taking a long time in His response. But we should continue to patiently wait on Him to work on our behalf because I've noticed that so many times we have to wait to extend the goodness of the final outcome. We have to wait on him. I love what Isaiah thirty eighteen says, and I just, just think it describes this, this whole message perfectly. Isaiah thirty eighteen says, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious in you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait on him. And, and the last point this morning that I want to make to you, Waiting builds intimacy and dependency on God. Waiting builds intimacy and dependency on God. When we read about the, the great people that are in our Bibles, they all, I believe they all have one thing in common, and we read it over and over. They are all people that have learned that their success in life is, was directly proportionate to the intimacy and dependency on God. For many of them, a relationship with God was a matter of life or death. Waiting on the difficult times developed their relationship with God. In my life, I've noticed that God works in those in-between times. When me and Lindsay uh, were dating and, and we first got married, my, uh, we had passes to uh, Epcot Center in, in Disney World. And, and while the rides at Epcot are awesome and, and Disney is a great place, you know the times me and Lindsay grew, grew the, the closest together? was in the in-between times, waiting to get on the ride, waiting in line. We had so many great conversations, getting to know one another, talking and, and learning about each other. It was in the in-between times. that In the in-between times, we were able to dive deeper in our relationship. This is the same thing with our faith through, through our waiting intimacy with, with God should be increasing. Waiting on God gives us time to grow in who we are because of Him. You may not always understand why you have to wait for, for the good news of the gospel. Is that God, you know the best thing about, about waiting is God never asks us to wait alone. All right, all right. And this Christmas season, you need to remember that He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And this morning, maybe for you, Maybe you've been waiting a long time. You've, you, you know all about this Jesus thing and, and you're, you're ready to stop waiting and, and the wait is over. Let's be, we want to baptize you. Or maybe for you, you've been waiting to, to find a church home, to be a part of a community of believers that, that loves its community and its members and will do anything for them. And maybe if you want to be a member this morning, the wait's over. Come, come forward. Or maybe... Maybe this Christmas season's been really tough. Something happened this Christmas, or maybe it's a, a first Christmas season alone, and, and you just need prayer. Our, our elders and, and John, and, and we're here, we, we'd love to pray for you. So this morning, as we sing our song of invitation, I would encourage you, stop waiting, come forward, and, st and stand and sing with us.
It's been great to worship with you this morning. And uh, several weeks ago, John talked to me, but hey, would you do the, the sermon on this day? And I said, yeah, that'd, that'd be awesome. And then as I was doing my research, I, tr- I, I realized the Christmas story is all about timing. It's all about God's timing. When you look at from, from the very beginning when the angel visited Zechariah and Elizabeth, all the way to the time the angels visited Mary and, and Joseph, and, the, and you look at the time they left to, to be at the inn at the perfect time, and, and you look at the three kings and just knowing, looking at the stars and the moon, knowing they needed to leave at that right moment. And so maybe this Christmas you look at Christmas a little bit differently. It's all about his timing. Be patient. Wait on the Lord. He's, he's still here. He's still for you. And as you go, remember, remember our four points this week. Waiting on God needs to be accompanied by faithfulness. Waiting reminds us that God is in control. God is the deliverer of all promises. And waiting builds intimacy and dependency on God. One real quick thing before I let you go. Remember uh, this Saturday night will be our Christmas Eve worship service. Join us at 7 p.m. It's going to be a candlelight service. It's always a a great night. Um, So it's a great night to invite your neighbors and your family and friends. So please, please join us for Christmas Eve. And as you leave here, go check out all those uh, awesome Christmas desserts. If you have a Christmas party this week, it's already, all the work's already done. Just go bid on one. But thank you and, and have a great week. Merry Christmas.